You're listening to a sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, Niagara. We believe in unapologetic preaching, unashamed adoration of Jesus, unceasing prayer, and unafraid witness. Thank you for listening. If you'd open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1, that is where we are going to be here uh, this morning, and um, as you're getting yourself situated there, you might agree with me that that there are there are all kinds of things in in this life that we might classify as needs. You know what I'm talking about? All kinds of things that we would say are needs. You know, you might say you might have said, you know, I I need a good night's sleep. I need a good night's sleep. Now is not the time to catch up on that, by the way. But you might have said that. Maybe you've said, I need. I need the right tool for the job. A hammer won't do. It's got to be pliers. It's got to be a dr- something like that, right? I need the right tool for the job. Or I, I, need, I need that person to get, to get back to me about that thing. You know, answer your emails, man. You know, get back to me so that I can move forward in the decisions that need to be made, right? There are lots of things in this life that we would classify as needs. Well, again, today we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 1, which is all about wisdom. It's all about wisdom, I mean, you ever notice how much you need wisdom? Have you sensed that before? I feel like just honestly, 98% of my prayers are like, Lord, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no clue how to move forward in this situation. God, give me clarity. Please have mercy on me in my life. Some, some direction in this you know, situation, this circumstance. Lord, help me work through this properly. Lord, I need wisdom. I need it. I feel myself praying that constantly. And I'm sure if you were being honest here and we all had a microphone and we could all say it, I'm sure you would agree with me. You need that uh, for sure. Life can get complex. It can get complicated fast. It comes at you quickly. And so having wisdom, it's just, it's so, so crucial as Christ followers, right? We need it. We need it constantly um, each and every single day. Well, if any of this, what I'm saying here is striking a chord with you, Proverbs is your book. Proverbs is your book. It's it's where we come to for wisdom. Truly, God's word in its entirety is rich and deep wisdom for our souls, but uh, the book of Proverbs specifically tackles this this topic. And so we're going to look at chapter one today, the first uh, seven verses of all of this, which really shows us what wisdom is all about. So it kind of tees it all up for us and really shows us how much we need it. So let's read this. If you've got a copy of God's word, you can follow along with me here. Proverbs 1. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. Let the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's pray. Lord, we just bring ourselves before you this morning. Many of us are, I'm sure, feeling weary and and exhausted spiritually. And we've all got certain situations, circumstances in our lives that maybe have been stewing over in our mind over and over and over again, and we've been thinking and thinking and can't figure it out and don't know what to do, and the whole thing is just a burden and it's pressing on us and it feels like we're getting crushed. Oh Lord, would you give us wisdom today? Lord, we pray for your church that you would encourage us, Lord. Would you give us your very presence, Lord? May we never, 
ask for something from you and want that more than we just want you. And so God, would you lead us in these things today, we pray? Would you open up your word, open up our minds, give us understanding, give us wisdom, O oh Lord, that we might glorify you. We pray all this in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, first of all here, uh, what's a proverb? Right, what's, a, what's a proverb? It's probably pretty important that we notice that or understand that as we jump into uh, the first one here. Well, this is going to be up on the screen for you, a little definition. Okay, it's a short saying that expresses a general truth for practical, godly living. All right, now something that's really important to understand here uh, is this. We can't take every single proverb that we see as 100% literal. That sounds a little funny uh, for us, for a church like ours, to say something like that, right? But we can't, right? We can't take it as 100% literal. Neither are, they, neither are they promises, strictly speaking. Do you understand that? Okay, so for example, let me give you an example here. Proverbs chapter uh, 22, verse 6, okay? If you like jotting these things down, what does it say? It says, train up a child. You've heard this? If you're a parent, you've heard this for sure. Train up a child in the way that he, go, he should go, and even when he, he is old, he will not depart from it. Yeah, you've heard that before. I'm sure it's your life first if you're a parent. But hey, does it mean that every single child who grows up in a Christian home will for sure 100% give their lives to the Lord and follow him forever? Does it mean that? No, of course, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that. Right? Some kids are they're raised by godly parents right? who, are, who are genuinely trying their best and are on their knees and are praying for them and, and, and love them and trying to disciple them. But we all know this. Kids have a, have a mind of their own. And, and sometimes as they get a little bit older, they, they kind of make the decision, you know what, that's great for you, mom and dad, but you know, I've got some thoughts about some things. And, and you know, I think I'm just going to kind of live my life the way that I want to. So thank you very much, but, but no. Right? And so... So listen, we're to understand a verse like this as not a hard and fast rule or promise, but again, as the definition said, as a, as a general truth, right? Proverbs are, are an acknowledgement of common reality, meaning that, that generally speaking, if parents you know, commit their ways to the Lord and seek to, to raise their young ones to grow up and, and follow Jesus Christ, generally speaking, that will happen. Okay, but of course, there are, there are exceptions to that. And so we have to be, be careful here as we approach the Proverbs of how far we press or push the, the literalness of them, if you're, if you're tracking with me there. All right, so it's just kind of good that we would have that, that understanding as we take kind of a quick peek here at, uh, at the very first proverb in this book today. All right, now, if Proverbs is, is full of practical wisdom to help you and I live a godly life, would you say, uh, yeah, I need some of that, right? Sign me up. I need wisdom. Bring it on. Back up the dump truck, Lord. Uh, that's what I need. I mean, I, I do. I need it for sure. I need wisdom to help me navigate life circumstances. That's really the first thing here. If you've got notes and you like taking all of that, it's all there for you on the screen, of course, to help me navigate life circumstances, Okay, now take a look at this. Take a look at verse one as we start to unpack all of this and look at the word of God here. It says this, the, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. All right, so pretty clear, I think, if you look at that, who wrote this, right? Pretty, pretty simple. I'm gonna go out on, on a limb here and say that it was, I, I think it was Solomon, right? It just, it just says it there. I mean, we know that, you know, the other authors also wrote uh, in the Proverbs as well, but certainly 
Uh, Solomon wrote uh, this section for sure. Now, now Solomon, he was the wisest man who ever lived. If you want to jot down 1 Kings chapter 3, that's where we really see this all happen. Uh, Solomon had just become uh, the king over Israel, and the Lord visits him uh, in a dream and says, hey, ask me anything that you want, and I will give it to you. And Solomon says, well, you know, I, I'm a new king here, and I am, I am young, and, and I need wisdom in, in shepherding and guiding this massive people that you have put me in charge of. I need a wise and discerning mind. And so the Lord's like, wow, that's, that's amazing. I am giving you that to the point where there will be no one before you or after you who will be as wise as you. And then as a cherry on top, I'm going to give you wealth. I'm going to give you riches. I'm going to give you all of those things as well. So Solomon, uh, pretty sharp guy. I think it's safe to say, right? He was a skilled uh, writer. He was a he was a poet, he was a scientist and, and, and an architect and a manager. He was, uh, he was a diplomat as well, like again, gifted, gifted individual. And I think if you know the, the story of Solomon, you know that he also had his, he had his vices as well. And uh, I think maybe the ladies were one of those, uh, maybe possibly. Okay, but again, when it comes to wisdom, when it came to wisdom, no one ever was or ever will be more gifted than Solomon. So if you think about it, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, Solomon is the guy to come talk to and come to come interact with and, and read his words as we're trying to understand wisdom, what it is, and as we cry out to the Lord for it. Okay, and then here's his purpose in writing this. Verse two, take a look. This is the whole reason. He says, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. Equity being uh, fairness. To give prudence or caution to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. All right, so, so why does, does Solomon take the time to, to write these Proverbs for us? Well, to help people like you and, and myself to wise up. Right? We, need, we need help. We need help navigating this, this crazy life that, that we're all living and, and all the twists and, and the turns and, and all the challenges that God puts before us and all these circumstances that we get ourselves caught up in. I mean, you feel that, right? Are you feeling that even now as I'm, as I'm talking and as God's word is being taught? You're, you're like, well, yeah, I, I need it in this, in this one area of my life for sure. There's so many areas that require such, such careful thinking Right? I can't just like be listening to a podcast in the background or have Netflix going. I gotta like put that aside. I gotta sit down with the Lord, open the word, think this through. Because if I think wrongly about this, there are consequences to it. You know, there are other situations that require a very specific response. If I say things, you know, the wrong way, even a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hurt somebody. I, I gotta be careful. Lord, I need wisdom in this conversation. I need acute discernment and, and insight into these things. Okay, for you, it might be a, might be a parenting decision or, or, or situation. Angie and I have, have two young kids, and, and so I'm kind of coming at it from, from that angle, but have you realized that parenting is insane? Right? <laughs> have you realized this? It's crazy. Right? I feel like I'm always asking the Lord for wisdom in parenting. I, what, one of the things I've noticed is, is that you can kind of get your kids to, to behave a little bit. Right? You, can, you, you can discipline them to the point where they are sort of on the outside anyway. Sort of, they're, they're kind of doing what you want them to do. 
But have you ever found that, that to, get, to get to the heart, it's, it's a whole other issue? Like, I don't know, like sometimes our kids are kind of fighting and we're like, you know, Wyatt, apologize to your sister. And he'll be like, sorry. Right? And it doesn't take a whole lot to realize as a parent, like, I don't know if you really meant that. And so you realize, again, like on the outside, you can, you can get them to do some things, but, but they've got a mind and a will of their own. And to get to the heart and, and to shepherd the heart and to get the gospel in there and, and, and the apology to be, to be real and, and, and with, with godly sorrow and from a place of desire to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Like, I, can't, I can't make that kid do that. And as parents, as they get older, so I hear, it just gets more insane. As they're teenagers, I'm just going to like pray that they stay young forever. I know it doesn't work, but, right, it's tough. We need wisdom in parenting big time, right? Maybe it's a career decision for you, and you've been at this company for a long time. You've been slowly working your way up, the, you know, the ladder, so to speak, and, 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 and there's a decision in front of you, though, like, do I, do I stay here, and is there room for me further? Is there a future here for me, or do I jump ship and, and join this kind of flashy new startup over here where it's kind of exciting, but it's less stable over here, and, and do, I, do I need to move my, my family to another province or town or something, and, and what about the church situation there? Like, is there... Is there a good church there that we can be involved in? And are the kids at the right age? And you, know, you realize, like, wisdom, right? We need wisdom in these things. It's all different areas. It's relationships. And, and there are problems maybe coming up between you and somebody in your family. And you've been quiet for a long time and just kind of praying. But now I need to, I need to step in and I need to put my foot down. And, but I want to be careful about how I, how I do this and how I, how I proceed. Listen, again, not an area of life okay, that doesn't require wisdom. Not one area. Now, thankfully, thankfully, God gets it. He gets it. And he gave Solomon wisdom here, not just so that he would, you know, write it down, not, not just for himself, not just, not just even for, for, the, for God's people Israel, but, but for us, all these you know, centuries later, we're reading this, we're gleaning from all of this so that we could have help. I mean, just take a look at some of the words here again. It says that he wants you to to know wisdom and instruction. Literally, that means seek him. Like, ask him about these things. He wants you to, it says, he wants you to receive it. Receive it, own it. Not just in one ear, out the other. Okay, not that. Receive it. He wants to give you insight. He wants you to be wise in your dealings, is the word. And, and be righteous and a just person and, and fair to people and cautious, not moving ahead too quickly with things. Not, at the same time, not simple or, or, or naive. Full of, full of knowledge and discretion, able to make good decisions in life. See, all of these words, as we see them in the verse here, all of these encompass what wisdom is. And listen, as, as lost as, as you and I might feel uh, from time to time, or maybe more often than that, again, if we're honest, I mean, isn't it good to know that the Lord's got your back? How good is that? He, he's got you. He, he's not just like throwing you to the wolves, toss you into the deep end, figure out how to swim. No, he's, he's, he's there with you and he's got your back. He wants to help you. He wants to help me navigate through life. But you might be asking or kind of thinking through the question. You're like, well, okay, that's great. How do I get that? 
Right? How do I get that help? How do I you know, leverage the Lord, so to speak, so that he rushes to my aid and imparts that wisdom that I so desperately need? How do we get it? Okay, well, the answer is actually pretty simple. It's ask. Right? We ask him for it. I love James chapter 1, verse 5. I've been studying James recently myself, and this is such a great verse. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives a teeny tiny amount. No, who gives generously, generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Isn't it funny how sometimes we think the answer is going to be so complicated? I've got to, you know, jump through a bunch of hoops. I've got to do, you know, spiritual somersaults and backflips and all that stuff to try and impress the Lord and do a bunch of stuff before he might, you know, have mercy on me and, and give me this little tidbit uh, that I need. That's not the way that it, that it works at all. He's generous, right? And so the idea here is you need to go to your God and you need to ask him for wisdom. You need to simply ask. And, and that that desperation, that, that feeling that you have inside as, as your circumstances maybe kind of imploding a little bit or eroding underneath you, that, that feeling you get when you're crying out to the Lord and, and you know, I just gotta have wisdom now, I need it. Well, listen, hey, that's a good thing. Okay, that is, that, that's a really good thing. It's God showing you how badly you need him, right? You need him, right? You need the wisdom that he provides, you know, if you and I, if we didn't sense our, our, our need and, and our desperation as much as, as much as we actually do, God knows that we would be far too self-sufficient, far too proud and, and arrogant to ever, to ever go to him, right? And so, so that's why I think many times we just feel that, uh, that, that kind of that anxiety a little bit about all of those things. That neediness, it's, it's a good thing. Don't don't disdain it. Don't pray it all away because it's, that's, that's God keeping you dependent. That's God keeping you anchored to him. And I believe maybe the biggest reason we find ourselves in situations, you know, where, where we lack wisdom and we're in need and we're, we're just crying out to him, it's, it's because those situations are just so extremely humbling to us, right? They humble us. They, they show us that we don't have everything we need for this life. It is found outside of us. It is found in a relationship uh, with the Lord. And of course, the Lord delights in our humility and, and he just loves to show us his incredible strength. He loves to show us his amazing power. He wants to, he wants to pour that out on us uh, constantly and he does that when we've been humbled. You and I, we, just, we need wisdom. Bottom line, we need it. We need it so bad. We're not as strong as we think we are. Okay, life is is tough to navigate, and God's here to help, right? He is. And so go to him for it. Go to him for it. This is all really building to the, to the second thing here. I need wisdom, which requires teachability on my part. Requires teachability. Verse five here, take a peek. It says this. It says, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Okay, notice here how, you, how it says you never stop learning. Learning is the word there. It says increase in learning. Increase, keep, keep going is, is what that's saying. It's saying the one who understands, the one who's kind of figured some things out, uh, obtain, obtain guidance and, and direction. 
Okay, why is this all important to note? Well, because I think sometimes what, what happens to, to Christians is, is that we can think that, that because we, we know some, some doctrine and we know some theology, that we have attained wisdom, right? We, we've made it, right? I, I, I've arrived. Okay, well, a couple of things about that. Okay, first of all, you never, you never graduate from, from the school of wisdom. Okay, you never graduate from it. You're never going to walk across a stage in this life and, you know, you know someone's going to hand you the, you know, the, the documents and, you know, you pass the tassel, throw the hat. That's not happening, right? You never graduate from that school, okay? You never arrive at, at wisdom and there's no place left to go. Wow, I've, I've really exhausted all of the Lord's wisdom. I have made it, right? That's, you're never going to say that. And if you are, ee. Here's the second thing. Knowing theology and doctrine uh, doesn't mean that you're necessarily wise. Okay? It doesn't. Hey, Bible colleges are, are all, all over the place, are filled with, you know, first-year first year students who come in and they take a, you know, an intro to theology, you know, course or something like that, and they do pretty well on their exam, and they're like, all right, now, now, now I've made it, and, and, and I, I've graduated, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm wise now. Okay? Not the case. Okay? Wisdom is it's so much more than, than knowledge. Knowledge is absolutely a part of it. Okay? But wisdom is the application of knowledge. Okay? If you're looking for a good definition of wisdom, it's taken us a while, but we're there now. All right? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. All right? We're only wise when we learn to actually live according to the knowledge that we have. Does that make sense? That's what wisdom is. And that, that, that's a never-ending process. It's, it's, it requires an immense amount of teachability on our parts from the beginning of life to the end. And so let me challenge you here. If you're a, you know, a lifelong Christ follower, you've been following the Lord for, for years and it's been a while here, really kind of search your heart here this morning and, and, and ask yourself the question, am I teachable? Am I still teachable like I was back in those early days? Do I still have that, that soft heart? Because what, what often happens or what can, what can often happen is, is someone comes to Christ and, and you know what it's like in those, in those first formative years, right? You're, you're just soaking it up like a sponge, right? And you're learning tons and, and you're so hungry and you've got this voracious appetite and, and I'm, I'm reading and I'm asking questions and I, I can't wait to be at church and I'm coming to both services. You can't keep me away, Right? That's how it is. And so they have this period of rapid growth in the early days. And, and then they start to get familiar with the, with the Bible. And I, I kind of got a, a feeling now for, you know, Old Testament and New Testament. And, and I've been coming to church and I, I sort of, you know, I get how the whole thing works. And, and we come here for these services and I bring a Bible and I take notes and I've got a stack of those now. And, you know, I've been in a small group and I'm serving and, and I'm learning. I'm exercising, you know, some of those spiritual muscles and and whatnot, and, and, and listen, what can happen as, as a person grows is, is, is they can settle into that, you know, absolutely hazardous place of this pride-filled place of, I've kind of got this figured out. I, I've, I've learned the Christian game. I know how to walk that walk. I know how to talk that talk. I, I know how to do it all. 
And, and, and I've, I've, again, I've got this figured out. I, you know, and, and I've already made it most of the way in my relationship with the Lord. Surely my, you know, the longest stretch of my sanctification is in the, in the rearview mirror. And, and, and now it's just a short distance to go. And surely the Lord is, is just going to take me one day. Right? I'm that close to him. Right? It can be easy to kind of to get to that, that place a little bit. And Listen, I remember, if I'm perfectly honest and transparent in front of you, I remember back in, in my formative years as, as a Christ follower, the Lord had humbled me greatly and had disciplined me, and, and there was a lot of pain in all of that. But I remember as the Lord was working through a specific sin in, in my heart, and he started to change me on it and, and did a lot of work. It was really awesome. I remember literally I was going on a walk and, and I was praying, and I remember thinking, wow, like my biggest issue is now kind of gone, and you know, I think it's probably smooth sailing from here. You're right to laugh, Harvest. Right? Like, what a fool. What a fool. I, I had no idea the depth of how far I had to go. And even there was, the, was the, the starting place of a lack of teachability that was starting to happen and sprout up in my life. Be careful of that for sure. Well, here's the thing. And this is where it gets really dangerous. As we start to have that sense of I've, I've made it most of the way, we know how to play the game. We know how to cast this version of ourselves to other people. I know, all, you know how to say all of the glory to gods at the end of sentences. And I know how to raise my hand in worship. And I know how to carry the big ESV study Bible. And you know, I know how to cast myself as a certain person. We've got that, that game plan down, Pat. It's harder to see what's actually going on in the heart. Okay, but listen, I, I, danger, right? Dangerous. And people who, have, uh, you know, who think that they've arrived at, at maturity and Christ-likeness and wisdom is what we're talking about here. Listen, they always, always, always lack teachability. And hey, listen, it becomes a problem, a huge problem. It becomes a problem in the, in the church for sure, right? And maybe you've seen this before or this has been you and, you know, you're you, know, you came in and you were just so willing and happy to serve anywhere. You just, just put me in, coach, was, was your mentality. And, you know, I, I'm not even really gifted with kids, but sure, throw me down that hallway. It's all good. But then, you know, over time, you start to feel like, well, you know, I, I deserve to be in another position. You know, and I don't know why, you know, that person who's been in my small group less than me, now they're an apprentice, they're, a, they're becoming small group leaders. What's up with that? Right? I, I should be there. And I should be a, a small group leader. I should be a, an elder. I should be on staff. You know, jockeying for those positions of leadership or, or, or the person who always wants to give advice and, and loves to give advice but doesn't ever want to receive it in return. You know, there, there, there's no servant heart anymore. It's a critical spirit. I mean, the list goes on, right? It becomes a problem in the church. It becomes a problem in marriage too. Husbands who... You know, wrongly understand that as they're supposed to lead their wives, yeah, that's a great thing. The scriptures talk about that. But sometimes they think they're kind of superior because of that. And, oh, wife, if only you had the walk with, with the Lord like I do. You know, get on my level. And do we say that stuff to them? Probably not. But do you ever think that in your heart? It's a lack of teachability. It happens in parenting. It happens at work. It happens in our relationships. It happens all over the place. Listen, actual wisdom understands that as far as you may have come, you've got that much further to go, right? You really do. So listen, where are you at? Are you teachable? 
you have a teachable heart? Are you starting to slip back down that wrong path? You might be thinking, well, Mike, that's, that's great. I appreciate you asking the question, but how, how can I tell? Like, how, how do I know? Maybe you don't even realize it and your eyes aren't even opened yet. Well, here's, here's some things that are going to be on the screen. I'm teachable when, four things. Hey, I'm teachable when, first one, I respond well to a rebuke. You know you're teachable if you, if you respond properly when somebody has to rebuke you. Has that ever happened? And someone's, you know, had to maybe very gently just come and say, hey, listen, there was something here that, that wasn't really great and you need to consider your actions, your conduct here. Or, or, or maybe it was a, a straight up like, man, this is wrong and this is a problem and it's been going on too long and you need to figure this out, you need to turn this around. Right? How, how do you respond when you're rebuked? Now, maybe it's, you know, probably for all of us here, we don't like that initially, do we? But over time, as the Lord is working and as you understand, as God is giving you wisdom and as you are maturing as a Christ follower, probably sooner and sooner, you're, you're starting to realize as God's spirit is, is working in you that, hey, that person was right. And I didn't like it. And maybe you sense yourself going back to that person and saying, hey, you know what? I, I, I apologize for how I responded to that rebuke. I needed to hear it. You were right. Right? Are you teachable? Do you respond well? to rebuke? Is there humility? Is there repentance there when that needs to happen? Here's the second one. I have a desire to learn. Okay, I'm teachable when I have a desire to learn. Again, for you, as you were a new believer, a baby Christian, you know, you remember, as we kind of talked about a bit already, you know, that, that hunger, hunger, that appetite that you had for the Lord, and I'm, and I'm soaking it all up, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm reading like crazy, and I'm asking all kinds of questions, and I'm listening to sermons in the car on the, way to, on the way to work, on the way home from work, and on my lunch break, and I'm talking to everybody about this, and all of it, and I'm, and I'm curious, and I want to know why, you know, why this and not that, and why, you know, what, what, what should I believe in this, this situation, or, you know, doctrine and theology, all of it, you know, do you still have that desire to learn? Or again, have you been like, nah, I've, I've learned it all. I've, I've read all the Grudem books. I've read all the Piper books. I've read all of that stuff. And now, now I don't need to read more. Do you, are you still curious? Do you still have that desire to learn? That, that shows teachability. How about this one, third one? I have a desire to serve. Do you have a desire to serve still? Okay, it's not the, I need to be a leader guy, but, but a willingness to just serve wherever, wherever is needed in the church. And yeah, you may not get any glory for it. Guess what? That's God's intention, right? He gets the glory. Do you have a willingness to serve still? And, and, and not grudgingly, okay, not grudgingly serve. It's not physically being available at a post to do something, but your heart is a million miles away from where it should be. It's not like, well, yeah, fine, I guess I'll serve here on the front door and welcome people, but it's, it's just until they finally realize how awesome I am and make me an elder. <laughs> right, not grudgingly, willingly, a desire to serve. Here's the last one. I'm teachable when I'm obedient. This is the bottom line. Are you, are you obedient? Are you obedient to the word of God, to the scriptures? Do you read that and you're like, Wow. I, I need to confess this. I need to get on board with the Lord on this. Or do you read it and you're like, hmm, that's some cool thing to think about and I'll take the next forever to do that. No, are you obedient? Are you obedient immediately? Delayed obedience is what? Disobedience, right? Yeah, you know that. It's disobedience. Are you obedient to the, to the word of God? Are you obedient to the Lord himself? Are you obedient to the leadership that God has put over you? Obedience is the ultimate test. So, hey, are you teachable? 
Are you teachable? If not, Proverbs has a, has a word and it's pretty ugly. And, and this, is what, this is what we are if we're, not, if we're not teachable people. It's the word fool, right? We're, we're fools. We're going to see that word here in just a second. But wisdom requires teachability. We can't be wise without it. All right, here's the last thing. I need wisdom, and it begins with fearing the Lord. It begins with fearing the Lord. Take a look at verse 7 here. Verse 7 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools, there's that word, fools despise wisdom and instruction. They despise it. Okay, now first of all, okay, a common question that often comes up when we think about the fear of the Lord uh, the question is, what does it mean to fear the Lord? Right? What's that? What is that all about? Well, here's the three things really quickly okay, on the screen. What does it mean to fear the Lord? First one, awe and wonder. Awe and wonder. That word fear there means, means literally a, a reverence. Right? There's, there's a piety there. There's a, there's a respect. As you, as you see the work of the Lord, as you, as you recognize his majesty, as you see his power in your life and in your family and in your church, you're just like, wow, Lord, I, I, I can't believe how awesome you are. And, and I'm filled with this, with this wonder and this amazement at your character and, and who you are. Right? That is awe and wonder, a massive component to fearing the Lord. Here's the second one. This is where it gets more uncomfortable. Holy terror. Holy terror. I think sometimes we like to soften the corners of what it means to fear the Lord. And we're like, certainly it couldn't mean this. It has to just mean respect. Well, no. It's a bigger picture than that. And understand that holy terror. I'm not talking about this constant anxiety and, 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 and I'm worried that the Lord is going to smite me every time I do something wrong. That's, that's not our God, okay? But, but it's this terror at what he's capable of. As you read the scriptures and you read through the, the Old Testament and, and you see what Israel did with these other nations that, 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 that chose not to worship the one true God, I mean, we should be filled with a holy terror about that, shouldn't we? We see that and we're like, oh my word, that's, that's, that's terrifying in some sense. Right? This, this holy terror about his discipline Fearing the Lord's discipline, that is a good thing. I mentioned earlier, very briefly, I went through a season of that where I saw that the Lord just ripped the carpet out from under me and everything just fell apart like that. And I think back on that, I'm like, wow, his power, right? There's a holy terror that comes with that. Here's the third one. What does it mean to fear the Lord? Humility and submission. Humility and submission. Okay, that's that, I love the, the picture of kind of wrestling, you know, where the Lord has, you know, he's taking you to the mat and he's got you in the arm bar, so to speak, and he's pressing your cheek to it. And, and it's not you wrestling and squirming and I'm, I'm trying to get off my back, Lord. It's not that, okay? It's just, I give, I'm, I'm tapping out here. Lord, your, your will be done, not mine. You are God and I am not, Lord. I submit my life to you. Okay, that is humility. That is submission. And then you notice here, kind of back into that verse, verse seven, 
You notice here how the how fear of God is, you see that it's the starting place for wisdom? It's kind of interesting, right? The, the word literally there is beginning, right? That's what it says in, in your text probably. Okay, with, fear, fearing God, that's not, that's not the finish line, right? You don't, you don't arrive at some point at the end and it's like, now I'm at fear of the Lord and now I've got wisdom. No, fearing God is, is the starting point. If you, don't, if you don't have a fear of the Lord, guess what? You're never getting to wisdom. You're never breaking that tape. You're still like back in the dressing room, fumbling to get your racing spikes on. I don't know. You're, you haven't even started the race yet. You've got a long way to go yet. You need to fear the Lord. And listen, if you've gotten away from that place where your heart is genuinely shaken by this, by that fear of God, understand that, that getting back there is, is, is only and will always be by way of repentance. Repentance, that's it. You, you cannot circumnavigate around repentance. We try to do it sometimes, don't we? We try to go around the repentance piece and somehow arrive to where we need to be. We can't. We can't do it. Sin in our lives. We don't fear the Lord. It means we've got pride. We've got to confess that humbly. Just agree with the Lord about it. That's what repentance is. Agree with what God says about the situation. Or to agree with him. I've got, God, I've got sin in my life and, and I confess it before you. So listen, if there's too much pride, if, if there's too much self-assurance in your life, too much I've arrived syndrome, you've got that going for you. Would you just lay that down before the Lord? Would you just humbly say, God, I, I don't know how to fix all of this. I don't, but I understand that repentance is what I need to do. And so God, I'm going to put it before you. Okay, fear the God who could, think about it this way, fear the God who could end you if he wanted to. Now, if you're in Christ Jesus, if you know him personally, we don't need to worry about that. Right? But that's the kind of power that he has. It's pretty amazing to think about. And that's wisdom. That right there is wisdom. And hey, I can just imagine that there's you know, somebody in this room here today and, and you're hearing this and you're like, yeah, man, I need, I need wisdom and, and I need it in this situation or that or in every situation of my life and, and I need it and not only do I need it, but I want it and, 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 and so I'm gonna ask the Lord for it. Well, listen, you need to understand that the starting point for you is to come to know Jesus Christ as your savior. You, you can't get around that either. You can't just like, I want things from the Lord, but not him. Okay, you need, you need to submit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never done that before. And really, it's an understanding that you've got sin in your life. You've got a lot of it. And listen, I, I don't say that, you know, from my soapbox, you know, as though I don't have any. No, I, I got tons. I probably got more than you. Like we all do. We've all got sin. Every single human being who's ever created has sin outside of Jesus Christ right? We've all got it. And so would you just admit that? Would you understand that, that God created you to know him, but, but that sin that you've got is, it's a stumbling block. It is a barrier between you and God. You can't be in a relationship with him while your sin is still held against you. Now you might be thinking, well, okay, then I'll, I'll just come to church more often. And, and I'll kind of improve myself and, and I'll behave properly and, and I'll just be a little bit more moralistic. Listen, none of that, none of that gets it done. 
You can't fix that problem. You're, you're, you're warped. You're, 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 so, you're thoroughly damaged by your sin. You can't fix it. And the scriptures talk about if our sin is still held against us by the end of our life, guess what? We've got this awful destination waiting for us called hell. It's going to be weeping. It's going to be gnashing of teeth. It's going to be complete misery like, like you and I could never, ever even imagine. And so listen, that's the bad news. Well, pastor, get to the good news. All right. The good news is that God himself made a way to have all of that sin in your life removed, to be forgiven, to be washed clean. And that way is Jesus Christ. Jesus went to the cross. That's why we have a cross up here. It's a, it's a reminder of the gospel. It's a reminder of what Jesus did. Jesus died. He suffered. All of God's wrath poured out on him. That was in your place. You deserve to be hanging there. I deserve to be hanging there. And so listen, if you want to know Jesus Christ personally today, if you want to know God Almighty who made you, it's admit your sin. Stop pretending like it's not a big deal. It is. It's everything. Stop pretending all of that, minimizing it, all of it. Confess it to the Lord. Confess it freely and, 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 and trust that what he did on the cross was enough to secure your salvation. Invite him into your life as Lord. And once you do that, listen, you can do that right here in this second. You don't even need to wait for me to finish this sentence. Just do it. Do it. And as you do, when you do that, you're going to begin this amazing, this amazing transformation over the rest of your life, the course of your life, growing in Christ's likeness, being more like him, having your pride stripped away, God giving you and, and transforming your heart and making you new, giving you new desires and doing all these amazing, wonderful things in you and through you. Listen, he's going to get you to the point where he's giving you increased wisdom. He's going to get, give you even more of it. And as you're praying to him, he's going to be like, all right, here you go. Just ask. I want to give it to you. I love you. I'm for you. Well, listen, I'm going to pray for us now. And hey, if you're sensing, oh, wow, like this is, you know, God is pressing this on me and I need wisdom in this certain area of my life and it's, you know, it's heavy and I can imagine there are multiple people in here. That's where you are. And I don't know if you do this kind of thing around here very often, but even as I pray, as I will in a second here, if you want to like even just get on your knees right where you're at in your chair, you know, and you can turn around and just, it's, it's just a picture of humility. Okay, I, I, Lord, I need you. I, I'm humbling myself before you. I would encourage you to do that. Who cares what other people do or don't do? It doesn't matter what people think. What matters is what the Lord thinks. And what matters is getting your heart right. What matters is crying out to him for wisdom that is his that he wants to give to you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for being so mighty, so strong, so vast and big and awesome. And Lord, with all of that, you are loving. Lord, we would be in big trouble if you weren't. And so God, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for making a way for us to know you. That's through your son, Jesus. God, I pray for us here today as some of us are empty in the wisdom departments and we need filling. Lord, would you help us? 
Would you give us wisdom? Would you give us that acute understanding? Would you give us knowledge? Would we live according to it? God, have mercy on your church today. Father, we just thank you for your word, how it's clear, how it directs us, how, how it is awesome, how it shows us the heart of our God and your heart is that you are for us. Lord, would we leave here today rejoicing in you? Lord, as we sing, I pray that we would sing from our hearts, we would sing with passion, we would sing with gratitude, we would sing to your glory. In Christ's name, amen.